welcome to the No Budget Indie Filmcast, where we dip into the independent film universe to highlight those little films that you might not have heard about elsewhere. Will you agree with our panel, or will our panel agree with each other? Tune in to find out. I am Milo Dennison. With me, as always, is Claire Milan. Hello. And Kyle Halfini. Hello. All right. This week, we watched a film called Barefoot Gin. It was made in 1983, and it's an animated film directed by Mori Mashaki. And it's an ad- adaptation, actually, of a manga by that was made by a guy named Kenji Nakazawa. And it depicts a family that is just before the bomb is dropped on Hiroshima during World War II. And so we're introduced to the little boy. His name is Jen, his parents, his siblings. They live in uh, Hiroshima, and they're doing the drills whenever airplanes go over they go into the bunkers they come out and they're just kind of talking about the war and that kind of stuff and the father's actually a little against the war but of course you can't really say that out loud that kind of stuff but it's more about just the family dynamic how hungry they are the mother is pregnant and stuff and so they're like scrounging for food so that they can feed the mother to take care of the baby that kind of stuff and um, it's actually based slightly on Kenji Nakazawa's experiences as a child during the war when he wrote the manga that it's based on. Uh, really what it does is a key point in the film is the dropping of the bomb. And it's very graphically and emotionally done, especially considering that it's animated and with the way the shots are done of the bomb going off and people as they're being obliterated by the bomb and their skins being peeled off and animals, the way that it hits a dog and that kind of stuff. So it's really just the horrible effects of the bomb being dropped and then the aftermath and Jen survives. And I don't want to say too much more about who who survived. I guess I can. I don't know. I mean, the movie's been out since 1983, um, but uh, but it follows Jen as he in the aftermath of the bomb, and and he there's this moment where he's just recovering, and these just people are walking, and they're basically zombies. Their eyeballs and their skins falling off and stuff like that, and just these horror horrible after effects of the bomb and bomb as well. And it's really just a message of the devastating effects of the atomic bomb being dropped. Uh, we we did a movie, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, where they used clips from this film in that documentary. What was the, do you remember what the documentary was called, Carl? The Mushroom Club. The Mushroom Club, yeah. And so they used clips from this film in that. And so I thought it would be an interesting thing to do a review of this film as well, because it's so powerful. I, I saw it years ago and I remember, and I was still dramatically affected by it because you're, you, you get involved with the lives of this family and these people and just the way it's shot. And it, it, it's such a powerful message about the effects of the atomic bomb on human beings. Uh, and, and so, uh, and just the way it's animated is just really well done. It's a great story. Uh, whether you watch the English dubbed version or the subtitled version. Yeah, and I, I watched the English dubbed version and uh, so I was like, okay, oh, it's a feature length cartoon. But immediately I was sucked into it. It was 
it was so captivating and beautiful and horrifying and disturbing and they could uh like depict the horrors of the the aftermath of the bomb which it would be more difficult to do I suppose in a film but they really depict the horrors of it and that was one thing that when I saw Oppenheimer I saw Oppenheimer twice but I just thought they they didn't really depict they didn't show the horror of it and this cartoon did um and it was very very powerful and left a really lasting impression with me um just the, the whole animation and the, the the setup of it beforehand as well um the way they they were showing like the the starvation and the hunger but they were still happy and getting on with their lives and and then the the atomic bomb hits and and the depiction of that and the horrors the horrors of the soldiers picking up the the bodies or the the half dead bodies and uh, putting them onto the trucks um it was it was yeah it's an amazing animation and uh i'm really glad that i i'd never heard of this animation before but it was it was yeah very powerful with a huge lasting impression um, that really shows the horrors. And yeah, I definitely recommend everyone to watch it. It's a, it's a good companion piece to the to the documentary we saw at the Mushroom Club, which was the uh, made by the writer of this, Nakaz- and was it Kenji Nakazawa or whatever. Um, yeah, like uh, the, the animation was brilliant, particularly the the part where the bomb was dropped, just that sequence, you know, showing people disintegrating, you know, buildings being destroyed, that that sort of train kind of being sort of driven off this like moorings and everything. Um yeah, like it's uh I read up a little bit about the guy, you know, and it it does seem to be semi-autobiographical. So it it I I think from, from what I remember that his his family died in a similar way to the family in this film. You know, I can imagine how harrowing that must have been, you know, to be there to witness that. Um the one thing actually, I don't know if you remember it or not, I found quite curious, and this is a sort of a you know, an incidental thing, but I remember one stage uh his younger brother is commenting on the ants coming into the house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why the ants? They never done that before. I wondered why did that actually happen? Right? Because, you know, why would the ants know anything about a nuclear bomb? Yeah. Yeah. I had the same thought actually. I was yeah. like, so obviously they're trying to say something. So that did somehow the ants really actually do this? Like, how would they know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I presume. Absolutely, they did because he was there. Like he, you know, he, you know, he, uh, he lived through it. But um, yeah, I was. I suppose he was a child when it happened, so it was told from the point of view of, of a child. But it was even though it was very graphic and you know depicted the the horrors of what they went through. There was something sort of positive about it too. Because he was continually, yeah, he had an, sort of an, an upbeat sort of personality and outlook. He was always striving to was survive. Really too upbeat, I thought, in one way. But especially when he goes to the, the man and he they're, they're being paid to look after this man and his flies and there's uh, maggots in his wounds and the smell is terrible. But even though that was absolutely horrific... 
there was something lovely about them looking after this man when no one else, his own family didn't. There, you know, it, it was, yeah, I don't know, something so so lovely about. There's lovely moments in it, and he was super optimistic. The the young boy, nearly too optimistic in one way. That I I find that hard to to. Uh, it's not wasn't very realistic in that respect, but it worked for this film. I thought. I think yeah. I I think we don't give kids credit enough for accepting the environment they're that they're in. I I remember like during the COVID lockdown, everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to traumatize children for gen, you know, forever, you know, the rest of their lives." And just there's big, and then you look, and they're like, "Yeah, we're fine. We're just playing at home." And then you know, okay, we're well, great. We're back to school. And I had this, like, I mean, I had a. My my mother moved us every couple of years and just all this, you know, childhood crap, but it didn't really affect my life. You know, it's like, okay, I'm in a new school. I'm going to make new friends, da, 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 you know, like that kind of stuff. And so I think the, the children's ability to adapt to their environment really quickly that as adults, I don't think we give them credit for because as adults, we get into this like, lesser ability where we're like less interested in change and we're less interested in accepting new things. But as children, that's, that's how you learn and you grow and you just naturally accept whatever is coming at you. And he did get upset at various points, you know, like there's the bit towards the end with the mother and the baby, uh, the, and, um, and, and, you know, and the parents and, and, you know, but, um, you know, but he just, he accepted, this is, this is the world I live in now. And, you know, I go forward. Yeah. yeah. I think we forget that sometimes adults, the way kids look. So maybe yeah. just take things in their stride sometimes. Yeah, talk to a kid now about COVID do. during the COVID lockdown. Yeah. And it's not like, oh man, I'm so traumatized from COVID lockdown. They're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm playing my video games. Don't talk to me. You know, they don't care. Yeah. But I suppose it just showed the, the resilience of children and people. You know, people, they... They they cope. They learn to cope. You just you just have to keep on keeping on. That's it. You know, as this the song goes. Yeah, like a bit with regard to COVID. I mean, I do, I do. I've have heard stories of of kids that haven't come out well. Uh, but um, what what's what's that um, what's that that illness? That's like bulimia, where you you can't eat. You don't want to eat. Anorexia. Uh, anorexia. Anorexia. Yeah, I believe that the uh, the incidence of anorexia amongst young people has like quadrupled since COVID. That happened in Ireland anyway. So uh, I, I think I think it depends on the individuals in a, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, certainly there's exceptions to everything, you know. And then I question how much is that the kids' environment, like the parents projecting onto the kid as well, right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but uh, yeah, like, like I mean, in in the film we saw the Mushroom Club, but it did show this guy, uh, who uh, who created this, and he did seem to be, maybe he did seem to have a kind of a, a an a a positive sort of personality. I just got that impression. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe. That's just the way he was as a kid, and you know, and uh, uh, and there is humor. There is a little bit of humor in this too. Like there was one, there was one other scene as well, uh, where 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 they come back 
and they'd gotten the rice. They'd been looking for rice for ages, and then they brought it back. And uh, himself and his new younger brother and brought it back to the house. And uh, the mother was there, and they were so they were so pleased with themselves you know, that they'd saved the day. And then they did this little sort of uh, toy soldier kind of routine. But then it turned out it was it was actually a tragic sort of situation. But uh, I, th- I thought that was interesting as well that that they would that would they would play toy soldiers in that scene because it was I, I felt it was deliberate because it was it was deliberate contrast between uh like what what soldiering had done and what war had done and the actual reality, which is uh you know the the, the baby actually dying in the end. Yeah, I I also liked the depiction of the the bombers and the guys in. I mean, because it was just a brief moment, really, because it's all about this guy's story and how, from Jen's point of view, like of what these Americans, you know, pilots were like and stuff. Because you don't really see them that much; you just kind of hear them, and it's kind of just this real, you know, almost black and whiteish kind of look to it to whereas like everything else is in this nice color um I, I just got to call out the animation in this film again especially you know i mean it was done in Absolutely. 1983 so this all would have been hand-drawn animation Absolutely. even the radiation sickness was shown yeah. very well yeah, he's helping a soldier and then the soldier's hair is coming out and he's bleeding and it's like and then his hair falls out and just the horror in the hospital just you know, it must have been absolutely horrific. Like the people who survived afterwards, that was depicted so well. I thought the horrors of that. Yeah, and like, no, they would have had, they would have had no idea. Like nobody knew anything about radiation sickness. This would have been, you know, some sort of hellish sort of, uh, you know, environment to to exist in at the time. You know, it was like, what what's going on here? You know, it uh, must have been really awful. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah. which is worse, being killed by the atomic bomb or surviving the atomic bomb, but, you know, being close enough to where you're getting the radiation sickness yeah. and all the other stuff that happened. I mean, generations, right? I mean, it wasn't just them. It was their children. You know, it, if oh, Jen yeah. grew up to be an adult and had a child, his child probably might have had uh, deformities or something like that because of this. I think they showed that in the Mushroom Club, didn't they? That they had intellectual disabilities. Yeah. Some of the, yeah, the children, yeah. And he ended up dying. He lived old enough, I guess. Yeah, I just read in there, he was 73 when he died, which is still relatively young, you know, these mm-hmm. days. Uh, and I think he did have, I think it was cancer. So he, he himself, even though it didn't seem to be, he didn't seem to suffer like other people did. Obviously, it was not you know, something, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of seed planted. That uh, ultimately led to his, uh, you know, relatively early demise. Yeah. I thought it was good as well that they they did show that anti-war sentiment at the start because it's not something you ever hear, really, uh, particularly in you know any, any documentaries about about mm-hmm. the war. It's, it's all about uh, events and facts and figures and people, you know. But there's the there's no sense that 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 that, that there was a sort of. Uh, you know, a certain amount of people who who were completely against you know, the the uh, war just wanted to get on their lives, like like any like any country really, uh, even today. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
So here's a question, because I was thinking about this after watching this. Do you think the atomic bombs being dropped in Japan then prevented nuclear weapons being used later on? Like, Because I was thinking about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and they've talked about how close the US and Russia were to actually a nuclear war at that point in time. And do you think the knowledge of the tragedy of these two bombs being dropped actually was able to prevent that from happening then because be like, no, we can't do this because we've seen what happens and this will be way worse than that. And if this hadn't happened, would it think, I mean, hypothetically, they've been more likely to use nuclear weapons at some point after this. It's an interesting question. Um, it must have had some impact. I wouldn't imagine it would, because you think because yeah. you've seen what happens, so you're going to be like, okay, I need to do whatever I can to make sure this doesn't happen again. But if you had never seen this happen, you know, maybe mm-hmm. certain people, are like, okay, well, let's do it. Let's press the button. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think it it probably probably you're probably right. You know, it probably has like uh, yeah meant that. That it didn't happen again, like or hasn't happened again so far. And was it yeah, the hydrogen bomb? Remember, you know, when Oppenheimer, when some it was the hydrogen, yes, bomb, hydrogen bomb someone was developing, mm-hmm. and that was that was that a thousand times this power, the power of the, the the nuclear bomb, I think. And imagine, I think that prevented that from ever being developed, or maybe I don't know if they have developed it, but whatever, but using it anyway, you know. Yeah, but like even even the bombs that they do have are. Yeah, multiple times more powerful than the yeah ones that were dropped in uh, Japan. Yeah, like you know the whole Cold War, that sort of standoff was was based on mutually assured destruction. So it's not just the people in power knew, but everybody knew. You know? So uh, it's it doesn't there was nothing hypothetical about it. You know, we have these super weapons that can do untold damage. But yeah, well, actually, we know because we've, we've seen what they can do. Yeah, so unfortunately, there there is this theory as well that they, uh, I don't know how true it is, but that the one of the reasons they dropped the bombs was to show show the Russians that they had it. Could be. Did they talk about that at all in Oppenheimer, Claire? No, I don't think they did. More just on the development. It it it's kind of suggested maybe, but um, like it's like. Because even what they say in this animation that oh, Japan were losing the war, um, but it's like as if they spent they spent three years I think working on these bombs, and then if they had to use them after all the hard work, it it looks like they had to use them somehow, to like after going through all the hard work and everything, which is horrific. <laughs> it's a horrific thing to do, but is that what happened in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? I, I, you know that is okay. We have to do something with these bombs. Let's. Than Japan. <laughs> well, actually, actually I, I saw I saw a documentary uh, about the Korean War, and uh, that was like in the nineteen fifties. And the the thing, the general in command of the U.S. forces, what was his, was it MacArthur? Was I think that it was MacArthur name? during Korea, yeah. Yeah, and he he was um he was the guy who was uh, put in place after the war, sort of. To sort of look after Japan, I don't know what the the, 
that, that particular the overseer <laughs> the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the american then, then, exactly yeah but then he went he went on to, to korea and like the you know the the u.s and the, the, the their allies in korea they were they were winning that war and then china so entered into the war and overnight they instantly like a million troops into korea and MacArthur was livid and he seemingly he wanted to nuke China. Oh. Uh, and if it was up to him, he would have done it. But uh, they didn't, you know, the politicians reeled them in. So perhaps if they hadn't dropped the, dropped the bombs on Japan, maybe they would have done them on China. Yeah. Well, I think it's never happened since. Especially with the yeah. whole Ukraine-Russian war, like people keep, you know, there's speculation about that if Russia would start using nuclear weapons at some point. It was yeah. funny in this animation when they went to get the milk, they said, "Oh, that's powdered milk from America." I noticed they said that, so it's like they're it's like they've they're grateful to get the stuff from America. Yeah, look what the the US did to Japan. So I thought that was interesting. Well, I know the U.S. did, like, right after the war ended, they started shipping supplies and stuff over to help the country rebuild. But uh, it is funny because I'd be like, fuck you guys, you bombed my country. Yeah, and fun. now, yay, I get some of your shitty ass powered milk, yeah. powdered milk, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Maybe it was uh, that they just wanted to survive and they could trust it. Yeah. 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 Anything. As long as it's you know milk and rice or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll take it. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, you guys want to rate it? Want me to go first? Yeah, go um, on. Yeah, like uh, it is very very powerful piece. Very animation is superb. Uh, I like, even though it is an animation, you are sort of they drawn into the story and the characters, and you you know you do feel for them. But I um I, I I wonder on the if it had been a a real life action, you know, drama, would it have had a deeper impact? But there's more, definitely more you can do, more you can show with animation. So this is sort of a sort of a trade-off there. But I I will give it four and a half. Okay. So for me, I'm really glad that we sat down and watched this film because otherwise I wouldn't have heard about it if we hadn't, if we hadn't brought it up and we hadn't watched the Mushroom Club. Um, so it was very powerful, um, very terrifying, disturbing, um, very moving, and left left a really good impression with me. Um, so I'm going to give it four and a half stars as well. Yeah, I uh I mean it's beautifully done. Uh, very moving and I actually like I said I'd watched it years ago and watching it now I think I actually it impacted me more just because I know more now about the world and you know and that kind of stuff uh, so I'm gonna go full on five stars on this one all right well there you have it no budget audience we really enjoyed this and think that you should check it out Currently, it's available on YouTube, Barefoot Gen, and you can find the US dubbed version and the subtitled version on there. So I don't know if it's going to stay on there or what, but um, check it out if you have the opportunity to watch it, wherever that might be. And with that, we'll say see you next time and goodbye. Bye. Bye.